When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi everybody, I'm Seth Busby, editor of Flying Solo. Welcome to our weekly podcast where we step inside the minds and lives of soloists and small business owners. Today's guest is Lauren Stokoe. Lauren is a director at IP Australia. She's an experienced product manager working across public and private sectors and a digital transformation and implementation expert. She's also the venture manager for Trademark Checker. Now, if you've ever considered trademarking your business IP, Trademark Checker is an AI-assisted tool created by IP Australia that makes it simple for small businesses to check trademark availability and complete their application process in literally minutes. So I'm completely fired up to chat with Lauren about all things trademarks and IP because she has so much expertise to share with our audience because really trademarking is something small business owners really need to know about. Welcome, Lauren. Thank you so much for joining me on the show today. Hello. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. Excellent. Now, I'm very keen to dive into your area of expertise, which is around IP and trademarking. That's probably something that not a lot of business owners really think about when they're starting up, but it's really important to protect your intellectual property, isn't it? Yeah, it's certainly something important for, for all businesses, especially those, those small businesses or your sole traders to consider when you're starting up. It's actually, um, so I'm from IP Australia, which is the Australian government agency responsible for administering intellectual property rights that are registered. Um, and the research that we've undertaken has actually found that it's less than 4% of Australian small businesses that own any kind of intellectual property right, um, and it's slightly less than that for, for registered trademarks, uh, which is actually the lowest of all OECD uh, countries, so our developed countries, which is um, interesting and, and was something that was quite surprising to, to me when we did, undertook that research. Yeah, that's a little alarming as well, considering a lot of fantastic innovations have come out of Australia. I mean, think like things like Wi-Fi and the cochlear implant and stuff like that. Imagine where we'd be if they didn't have um, their patents and their their IP protected. It would be a pretty different world. <laughs> so um, what exactly do we mean by IP? Give us the layman's rundown of, of what IP is for our listeners. So intellectual property, it refers to creations of the mind is the, the base level um, explanation for it or description. And there's a number of different types of intellectual property. We, the IP Australia, the Australian government agency that I mentioned, we look after registered intellectual property, which is uh, basically IP that's formally recognised and registered with an office uh, that involves sort of filing an application and paying a fee. So the, there's different types there. The example that I like to use is a business that's selling coffee. Uh, so there's new a new plant variety, such as the variety of your coffee plant, your coffee bean, uh, and that's protected under what's called a plant breeder's right. 
then you might have a coffee machine um, and the way that that works, so the invention, how that invention works is protected by a patent. Then you might have uh, the visual appearance of a coffee pod or your visual uh, coffee cup. It might be a, a different way of having a, a takeaway coffee cup and that would be protected by a design right. And then finally, you have your, your trademark or a registered trademark, which protects your brand. So for instance, the logo that helps identify this brand of coffee over another brand. So they are your four uh, registered intellectual property rights. And then you might have uh, copyright rights through, um, for instance, something that you've put in material form. So that's like a, a brochure, for instance, a one-off promotional material. And copyright is automatically granted when you put something out there in its material form. Same with um, a trade secret, which you might want to protect through like a non-disclosure agreement. So, you know, a secret blend of coffee beans, for instance. Uh, so they're, they're sort of some of the intellectual property rights and, and what we mean by each of those. Mm. So if I've got like quite a spectacular new invention that is percolating away in the back of my head and I've kind of drawn out the schematics or whatever, I need to not only think about protecting it with a patent, I also need to kind of keep hush-hush about it before I get it out into the world, don't I? Because otherwise um, someone else might decide to replicate my idea before I've patented it. It certainly can be a good idea to to keep it quiet. Um, it's something that, you know, a lot of the information that, that we put out from the office, but also um, that's available through, you know, IP attorneys that are able to provide advice in, on these sorts of matters around if you, if you do have an invention or a new idea, keeping it uh, as quiet as possible or using instruments such as a non-disclosure agreement or a confidentiality agreement in your contract is they're just things that protect you and that idea exactly as you mentioned from, from someone else uh, utilising it. Mm. And so if I'm a small business, what what do you see as the benefits of IP protection? Yep. So, I mean, the, the various types of intellectual property, um, that sort of creation of the mind, it's, it's all about protecting your ideas. Uh, so it's protecting you uh, with what distinguishes you from your potential competitors. Um, so, for example, something that I look after uh, in my work, everyday work, is a, is a product called TM Checker, uh, which is a trademark checking tool. And we created that because of the importance of, of a trademark, um, of a registered trademark for, for sole traders and for micro businesses. So in terms of the importance, I think the, the value of a brand is well understood as it differentiates you from your customers. It helps give your business an identity. Um, but to protect your brand is by one way to do that is by having a registered trademark. So that might be, you know, a jingle, your business name, your logo, you might have on your coffee cup, for example, and, and paying attention to both your branding uh, and also to the protection of that brand is important because it helps you to protect your identity, maintain your reputation and safeguard against unauthorized use, which could ultimately result in lost sales or, or damage to your reputation. So is there something that we need to be thinking about from the very beginning if I'm just starting out a business? Is it, you know, when I'm registering my business name, should I also be thinking about trademark protection or registering my IP? Yeah, so I think um, the, the sort of general uh, process that, that I'd like to suggest would be that you would, of course, 
identify, you know, your brand name, for instance, or, or your brand. Um, so in your case, you've mentioned the business name, identify what that is, what might resonate well with your customers, uh, what really speaks to, to your brand and what you're trying to create, um, and then check its availability. So being able to undertake a search to see what else is out there uh, doubly protects you. First, it's checking, is someone else actually using this? And if I go and choose this business name, I could actually be infringing on someone else's registered trademark. Or if no one else is using it, it, it allows you to then, uh, if you choose to, to, to protect it through, say, a, a registered trademark. So to do that, you might, um, you can use sort of search engines like Google, uh, you can also look through sort of um, social media, uh, selling platforms and sort of raise URLs. So typing it into your domain, so the URL at the top of your screen to see, to see what's already in use. Um, when you register a business name with the Australian government, uh, you can search existing business names through that. Um, but a business registration, while it registers your business as that name it doesn't actually offer you the same protection that a registered trademark you don't have exclusive use over that name or that that brand um, that is only granted through sort of common law or through a, a registered trademark uh, so we created as I mentioned um, to you you know in our conversation previously we've created something called trademark checker so tm checker and that is a, a tool that utilizes artificial intelligence where you're a small business owner or anyone is able to come in uh, and they can enter a brand name or a logo, um, match it against the goods and services, so what they're selling, and then it will undertake a search against the register, so the Australian Trademark Register, for any potentially similar trademarks um, that might already be in existence. Um, so you can check it before, before you even you know, go through with an application and, and put any money to it. So that's a, a free uh, service. People can just put in, say, I want to put Bill's Coffee. And then it, I put that in and 95 other business names come up if I'm checking the business <laughs> name, but maybe one Bill's Coffee comes up when I'm checking the trademark register and I'm like, ah, oh, I'm going to have to be William's Coffee then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, the, that's the intent behind it, absolutely. Yeah. And then say I, I put in my my business name that I'm thinking of trading under and nothing comes up, what's the process like then? How how hard is it to apply for a trademark? Is it tricky or it's, it's a pretty simple process? It, it, I mean, like anything, it always depends on, on how sort of how many different classes, what you're selling, um, what sort of intellectual property you're looking at. In the case of trademarks, uh, part of the reason we created TM Checker was to make it as easy as possible for for small businesses, noting how, um, you know, what a small percentage are currently getting trademarks currently. So we were really looking at how we could simplify the process as much as possible. So in in the case of, um, you know, if I was coming in and the example I always use, I liked your example, it made me laugh because I always use Lauren's Cupcakes. Um, <laughs> if I came in and, and typed in Lauren's Cupcakes and, you know, selected goods and services, which is basically uh, what you're selling to your customer or what you might sell in the future, in the near future. So those are the, the classes that you would select to, to register your trademark. So I'm entering, say, a cupcake or uh, biscuits or scones, and then it comes through um, and it will identify if there's any issues 
Um, noting this is a preliminary check, it's still, you know, it's artificial intelligence. We're working on making it as accurate as possible, but it'll continue being a, a work in progress and we're continuing to make it as, as strong as possible. Um, then you would, if you choose, you find it's clear or you assess the similar trademarks or the distinctiveness issues that TM Checker has raised and said, no, I'm going to apply anyway. Um, that's when you would hit the apply button. You log into IP Australia's online services, which you just need a name and an email address for. Um, and then you can enter a few different screens, but the process is quite simple to, to get that application off to IP Australia, which is when one of our examiners, our, trade, our qualified trademark examiners, will pick it up to, to review and they would do an assessment against the entirety of the, the considerations under the Trademark Act. Um, so Team Checker sort of does the most common uh, issues that we see, which are around distinctiveness, which is things like um, I couldn't trademark the word cupcakes alone, just have cupcakes there and then sell cupcakes because it sort of excludes others from the market potentially. Um, and it looks at similarity, whereas there's a few other things, uh, a few other considerations for trademarks. Uh, and that is what an examination would look like, would look at. If there's no issues, you'll get a clear report and then you need to wait for, uh, it's, it's seven months from application. And there's a few other steps in there, like, uh, offering an opposition period for for others in the market who don't believe that I should register Lauren's Cupcake, they can raise an opposition to IP Australia in that period, for instance. Um, otherwise, if there are any issues, they get raised as uh, what's called a citation and, and sent back to the applicant. So that small business can then consider that and, and see if there's a way that they can can work through it. So if Laurie's Cupcakes um, popped up, they might, would the, the trademark people go, hmm, that's a little similar, or um, <laughs> would it not flag that? <laughs> uh, Laurie's Cupcakes, it's, it's basically based on uh, that sort of reasonable person's test with, you know, your, your average Australian um, or average person, it doesn't matter if they're Australian or not, of course, but would your average person uh, get, potentially get confused? between two. Oh, I might. Lauren's cupcakes, Laurie's cupcakes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it can. So examples like that can be a bit difficult. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, so why do you think you mentioned so few small businesses, micro businesses, sole traders are actually going down the the route of, of, of trademarking or, or registering their IP? Why do you think they aren't doing it what do you think is holding them back oh, it's a great question and it's one before we um, created tm checker that we were really looking into to to investigate and our research so we we did quite a bit of uh, user research with small business owners here in australia um, and asked that very question um why <laughs> we know that there's value for for having that registered trademark so why why don't you own one and uh, the three key themes that came back in that research were, number one, a lack of awareness. Um, and that was a lack of awareness of what intellectual property is, what's a registered trademark and, and why you might want to have one, what the benefits are. Uh, number two is if there was an understanding of what a trademark is, there was um, largely a held belief that it was a big business thing, um, that it was very cost exhaustive, that 
Um, you needed, you know, a whole team of lawyers behind you to be able to, to get a trademark. And finally, uh, when someone, many small businesses did choose to, to go down that path and apply for a registered trademark, we found it was too late. Uh, and what I mean by too late is basically that someone else was already using it, was already using that brand. Uh, but meanwhile, they've gone and they've, you know, set up their business name, they've put all their branding out there, they're selling their product, and then they find that they're actually uh, infringing on another person's trademark. That's pretty tricky, isn't it? That brings you into the courts and a lot of um, heartache. <laughs> so really, we should be checking that that trademark and that intellectual property right from the start. It, it's certainly a good thing. I, something that we talk about at IP Australia is is about education and, and being informed. It, you don't have to have a registered trademark. There might be instances where a trademark's not right for you or, or other forms of intellectual property, not just trademarks. But it's all about making sure that you're making an educated decision um, so that you have the information and the research behind you to be able to make that informed decision. So what would make you go, yep, I need to trademark this business? Ooh, that's a tricky one. Um, basically, how I would think about it is around whether or not uh, your brand is something that is going to be known or that you want to be known. Um, so, for instance, if I was a, a sole trader that was operating just under my, in my personal name, Lauren Stokoe, uh, that might not be something that I want to to trademark. It's not something that um, I need a, a trademark for. It's just my name. Whereas if I, for instance, wanted to set up, um, you know, Lauren Stoko's School of Blah Blah, <laughs> School of Dance, for instance, I, I teach ballet, so there you go, <laughs> Lauren Stoko's School of Dance, but then wanted other people to, to teach for me, wanted um, potential franchising opportunities under that brand name, I might actually consider registering that trademark uh, because then I've got broader protection because the name is really important in my branding. I, I can't just turn it off and, and change it to something else. So that's where I really, to me, that's really the trigger point of what's the risk of not having the trademark. Yeah, you don't want other people hijacking it, do you? Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, if you could turn around tomorrow and rebrand and no one would bat an eyelid, um, that would be a very different story uh, personally for me. Mm. And what about patents? Because you also uh, deal with, with patents as well. In that process, um, when would you suggest someone gets in contact with you? The the same, the quite early, quite early. <laughs> um, there is there is a process for that where um, you can put in a, a type of application for a patent where you are able to basically uh, signal your intent, and then you get those twelve months to be able to put together the entire patent application. So that might be something where you you have your own idea, for instance, or you know, you've got a new way that this particular um, item or invention works. And then you have, and you, you put it in almost as that sort of placeholder. It's a priority date. It's saying that, nope, I was the first person to come up with this idea on this date. Um, and you signal that intent. And then you have 12 months to complete your application. You don't have to hurry it through. <laughs> You've got plenty of time. Yeah, it's to help mitigate the risk of, you know, waiting until something's perfect to put your application in. And meanwhile, you know, someone else has come up with that idea in that time. Um, so that's that's basically why that, that process exists. And 
What about um, some examples from the small business space? Have, do you often have people contacting the um, trademarks office going, oh, this I've got this business, it's, you know, it's, it's um, I don't know, blah, blah, cakes or whatever, and now down the road, blah, blah, cakes has opened up and under exactly the same name as me. Like, how useful is is the IP and the trademark for settling those disputes? Mm, yeah. Um, so enforcement of a trademark doesn't come to IP Australia too much. We don't hear too much about it as as that is something that um, as the administer, administrator of the rights, we're not allowed to get too involved in. Um, however, that's something where an IP attorney, so an intellectual property attorney might might come in, um, come in use and might come into the fold. But uh, instances where, where that does happen, it certainly has happened. Um, you know, one of the examples that we often use at IP Australia is the fat duck. Um, so there was a, a cafe that in Sydney that was successfully trading under that name for years, uh, but they'd never registered a trademark. Um, and then uh, Heston, the celebrity chef, came in and filed an application for trademark protection. And as an international well-known brand, this actually resulted in the Sydney fat duck needing to change their brand, which they did, um, and it cost them thousands. Um, and, and this is one of those examples where because that sort of registered trademark wasn't there in the first place, that basically demonstrates that, you know, you, you have that exclusive right. That is what a trademark gives you. It gives you exclusive right to that brand. But when there's instances like a really uh, well-known brand name, um, you know, McDonald's would probably be an example, there are some, some uh, considerations where, where it's a really famous brand name where it could, uh, could cause difficulties for, for a registered trademark owner if they're a lot smaller. Um, but in those sorts of instances, it, it can be best to, to go and talk to an IP attorney. So I think on the flip side of that, wasn't there um, an Aussie burger joint called Burger King? And that's why we've got Hungry Jacks in Australia, not Burger King, mm. because <laughs> they had trademarked their name and had been around for years and years before Burger King decided to make the great Aussie <laughs> um, <laughs> takeover. <laughs> so now... That's why we've got Hungry Jacks. That's it. That's a great example, yeah. And, and it's one of those things where, um, you know, if, if someone is making sort of is unauthorised use of your, your registered trademark, you can take legal action against that infringer. So that is where you contact your IP attorney. But otherwise there are alternative dispute resolution opportunities, which IP Australia does offer. Um, there's quite a bit of information on the ipaustralia.gov.au website about it. Um, otherwise, there's, you know, a, you, can, you are able to send uh, what's called a cease and desist letter to basically ask or demand that that person stop using the mark with your registered trademark. Mm. And so you also spoke about things like um, your logo and your branding and stuff. Is, is that also things that we should be looking at trademarking? Mm, so there's, there's lots of different things that you can trademark. Um, so you've got your, your more sort of common known around your brand name and your logo, but you can also trademark things like a colour, uh, a, a sound. Really? Yeah. You can trademark a colour, a sound, an aspect of your packaging. Um, you can trademark a smell. 
which there's not many <laughs> smell trademarks out there, but it is possible. Uh, probably some great perfumery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a very, very uh, interesting eucalyptus smell that is that is currently trademarked here in Australia. You'd um, uncover some quite interesting things in your, your day job when you're not being a ballet teacher. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's certainly, it's certainly fascinating getting, it's very rewarding getting to see uh, just the innovations that come out of Australia and, you know, what how creative people are and what people are able to come up with. It's quite, it's quite fabulous. Mm. So what are some kind of key takeaways um, from your point of view when, that a business should be considering when they're thinking about investing in IP protection? Uh, so I think the, the first thing is to to identify what intellectual property you do own um, or, or may want to own. So your sort of strategy behind your intellectual property, it, it should fit in or could fit in with your, your business strategy. So that might be in the case of wanting to develop, if you want to develop a strong brand identity to, to focus on creating that clear and consistent messaging, that might be something where you want to, you know, choose a distinctive trademark and and before adopting that trademark to have a look at making sure that that mark's not already in use by another com- competitor um, and also not in use through, you know, your domain names, your business names, your social media handles and the like. Then if you um, also identify other intellectual property rights, it's about seeing what your strategy is for number one, gaining that protection. So do I need to register it with um, Intellectual Property Australia or um, with another office overseas if, if you do sell overseas or wish to export in the future. Um, and then it's all about enforcing that right. So it's about making sure that you're consistently using, if it's in the case of a trademark, consistent use of the trademark to reinforce that brand identity. And also um, it, it helps with your, your sort of ownership of that of that intellectual property and then basically keeping an eye out on there continuing to do your research you know you can use tools like tm tm checker otherwise there's you know australian patent search for instance for inventions to check if anyone is potentially infringing on your right because it's all well and good to to put these protections in place but that doesn't kind of stop people from trying to do the sneaky (laughs) (laughs) I was just going to ask, you mentioned overseas trademarks. So does an Australian trademark not protect you overseas? You have to register an overseas trademark as well? That's right. So intellectual property is in, applies, sorry, registered intellectual property applies for the country in which it's registered. Um, So we do have uh, agreements with other countries um, that make it a bit easier to apply for, for an intellectual property right in another country. For instance, uh, something called the Madrid Protocol for, for Trademarks, which you can do through the World Intellectual Property Office. Uh, we are able to put a trademark application in for, for multiple countries at once through the one application. Um, but otherwise, it is going to that, you know, that particular country's intellectual property office and, and doing the application through there as well. Um, in the instance of, of patents, um, there is priority date considerations that are taken into consideration in other countries. So by that, I mean, uh, as I mentioned before, that sort of uh, intent that, you, that you've put in, that application that you've put in for a patent. So making sure that basically because you've got that patent here in Australia, 
that priority date, so that first date that you applied here in Australia and that application went through, then that counts um, in the in another country. That Madrid protocol, is that something a lot of businesses should be considering, especially now when so much of business is done online and is across borders? It, it's certainly something to look into when you're when you're looking at your intellectual property strategy and, and thinking about what you want to do. It's also just like you do with your, your your business strategy and your marketing strategy. You think about well, what borders do I want to cross? Am I a domestic product, um, or am I you know multiple countries or global? Um, and depending on the answer to that is is what you would do with your intellectual property. Um, so it might be that you want to consider you know, just Australia and New Zealand, for example. And so you might just put a trademark application in those two countries. But if you were wanting to go to, to you know, more than those two, for example, that is something where Madrid can certainly, um, you know, come in and be very helpful because there's, you know, I think, around 158, last time I looked, countries that are signed on to that Madrid protocol um, where you can do your application through. So it's just tossing up. Um, you know, the benefits and, and where you want to, to be protected um, against the cost of, of course, applying for that trademark registration and then maintaining it. Because the good thing about intellectual property um, is that it lasts for multiple years, depending on the intellectual property type. So in the case of uh, trademarks, they do last for, here in Australia, they do last for 10 years um, and then you can renew them indefinitely. So it's not a, it's not a yearly cost. Mm. What is the cost, just out of curiosity? Uh, so here in Australia, um, it's measured by or it's calculated by class. Uh, so at the moment, we use something called NICE uh, categorization, as I mentioned, the goods and services. So each class that you select to be protected in is uh, $250 per class if you apply using a standard trademark. Um, if you use trademark Checker or TM Head Start, which is what it utilises, it's $330 per class, uh, but it's split into two fees. And the reason that we have that option is the first fee is your application fee. Um, and if it's not clear and you don't proceed with a registration, you don't pay anything further, um, which is that, so you pay $200 up front per class and then it's an extra $130 per class if you choose to register the trademark. Uh, and we provide that service to provide, um, you get more, you get a response back in five days and you get uh, more time with an examiner. You can you can contact an examiner directly so that way you can have that, that conversation if you are feeling a bit uh, uncomfortable or a bit nervous around it. So in, in the, the grand scheme of things, it's not really uh, a massive business expense and certainly would pay dividends should someone decide to open up shop in in Australia using the same name as you <laughs> yeah it, it's um our research has shown that people were you know pleasantly surprised by by the cost in general um more around oh I thought it would be a bit higher <laughs> it's quite an often a frequent statement I hear personally um and and on average applicants last year filed around two classes each um, for each application, so for a trademark. So if you think about that, it's sort of, you know, between 400 and 400 and, gosh, where's my math, $660, <laughs> um, 500 or $660, depending which method of application you use, um, you know, that they paid on average last year. Mm. 
So any kind of final parting words of wisdom for our, our listeners? <laughs> my my words of wisdom would be around just making sure that you do your research um, and really consider it in intellectual property and your intellectual property strategy when you think about your business strategy. It's an, it's an important factor of the protection of your brand and of your ideas. Um, and so it's really about being informed and, and maintaining your, your knowledge base in there before it's too late. Great words of advice. Thank you so much, Lauren. Thanks for joining me today. It's been a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you for your time. I greatly appreciate it.